Hey, this is Sam for Dobbs. If you need tires, hop on our website, go to Dobbs.com. We'll save you time searching brands, sizes, and prices, and save you money because we sell tires at the lowest price in town, guaranteed. For deals you can use, click on go to Dobbs.com now. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. Tanner Hendricks and I'm Brandon Kylie. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service tax line. We'll get into the questions and answers coming up here in about 15 minutes or so. We'll be joined by Grant Paulson via the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line here in just a minute. He's the host of Grant and Danny on 1067, the fan in DC. He is uh keeping all of his listeners apprised He's got a busy day right now with the Nationals, <laughs> yeah, to say the least. He's got three days away from free age or from trade deadline in Major League Baseball, and the Nationals seem like they're selling house. And then on top of it, you've got free agency in hockey, which, of course, he covers the Washington Capitals as well. And if I'm not mistaken, when does the Washington football team open training camp? Uh, everybody's in camp officially today. Okay, so this <laughs> man is probably the busiest man in D.C. right now. Yeah, and he's taking a little bit of time out of his busy schedule to speak with us schmucks here in St. Louis. So we appreciate oh, you doing so. Grant. Thanks me. so much for hopping on with us today. What's going on with the latest with the Nationals? Are they just selling everybody at this point? <laughs> so they have a player that is not under contract for 2022, guys. That player is probably in discussions to be traded, and there's a good chance they'll be moved. I think what's more interesting is, because that's your easy sell mode when you're not competing this year, which based on losing six of their last eight and, and 16 of their last 22, that's where they're at. Uh, what happens with players that are under contract in 22 and beyond, You know that are under team control beyond the end of this season? Trey Turner's name comes to mind. Josh Bell is another player they consider part of their core for next year. Uh, they need to have their socks knocked off. I don't think they'll trade Trey Turner. Obviously, his name is being linked in trade discussions at this point. But Max Scherzer will be moved and several of their other pending free agents are going to be on the move. Grant, speaking of Trey Turner, I saw the report, uh, I believe it was from Peter Gammons a couple of days ago, who basically said it seems like the Nationals aren't willing to give him a long-term contract. Are you surprised by that? Yeah, I'm stunned by that. Uh, It is their MO, for the record. I mean, they didn't give Bryce Harper a long-term contract. He walked. They didn't give Anthony Rendon a long-term contract. He walked. And so this is what they've done with their elite bats. They like to talk about how they've had so many superstar hitters, and that's true. Uh, They've, in some ways, gotten lucky to acquire some of those guys. I mean, Bryce Harper was drafted 1-1 when they lost 100-plus games. It's not like that was some amazing scouting that they did or anything. Uh, Trey Turner was an incredible trade that they pulled off. It was one of the most lopsided trades in history, and Mike Rizzo deserves a ton of credit. They gave up a a 4A outfielder type and Steven Souza in a three-team deal, and they got Trey Turner, who was one of the best players in the sport, and Joe Ross, who's been a, a fixture in their rotation, went healthy over the last few years in that swap, which is just crazy. But having said that, they have shown no propensity to sign hitters. They prefer paying for starting pitching. 
Uh, you look at Max Scherzer, who they've had for six and a half seasons and could get moved tonight or tomorrow. You know, he signed a $200 million contract several years ago that will go down as the best free agent contract in team and maybe Major League Baseball history. Steven Strasburg, and this has blown up in their face to this point because he hasn't been healthy since, but after becoming the World Series MVP, he signed a seven-year $245 million extension. They went out and got Patrick Corbin, who has struggled immensely the last year and change, but was unbelievable in 2019 when they won the World Series and helped them get to the top of baseball's mountain. I mean, he got a $140 million contract to be their number three starter. So you can't say they're cheap, but they just don't seem to prefer to pay bats. They prefer to pay arms. And so for that reason, I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but Turner's different. You know, he's got a skill set. You look at the fact that he's a top-20 guy in war in the sport since 2016. He's got the most steals in that time. He could be 30-30 with homers and steals the next few years. I just thought because he's not represented by Scott Boris, which Harper, Rendon, you know, Juan Soto, their other stars are, those guys are going to get the free agency. That's the Boris way. Trey Turner is a CAA guy. His agent has gotten deals done ahead of free agency with great players like Jacob deGrom. All along, I thought that would be the case, and so if they're not able to, it would be really discouraging for this fan base. This is a major market. You know, the learners are very, very rich owners, and nobody around here wants to be the Oakland A's or the Tampa Bay Rays that just kind of has players for six years and then watches them walk to go to, to teams you know, in other markets that spend more money. Grant Paulson is our guest here on 101 ESPN. He hosts the Grant and Danny show on 106.7 The Fan in D.C. He's been paying attention, certainly as a Nationals insider, to all of the latest with their potential moves. Grant, what, did, what do you think is the most likely scenario with Max Scherzer? You said that he's likely to be traded. Do you think he comes back to Washington after that, or do you think he ends up signing wherever he ends up getting traded this year? Yeah, I've been told his preference is to stay where he goes. You know, in other words, not to uproot his life and his family for a couple of months as a rental. Uh, he has 10 and 5 rights, as you guys know, right? Collectively bargained. So as a 10-year big leaguer who's been in D.C. for five-plus years, he will have some say on where he ends up. Mike Rizzo was on our station this morning and said that Max Scherzer's well-being, you know, his happiness is a priority here. They obviously need to do best for themselves as an organization. They're not going to take an inferior or a bad deal, but they want him to feel good about where he ends up. And I do think part of that is he wants to go somewhere where he can see himself signing an extension. I think he'll end up in the National League West. I think it's an arms race between the Dodgers, the Padres, and the San Francisco Giants. There are other teams courting him. Uh, yesterday, John Heyman had 14 teams listed. I think that's a little bit outlandish. I think it's probably more like six or seven actual suitors. Uh, we've heard that he doesn't want to play for the Mets, that he doesn't want to play in the division for the Phillies on the East Coast. So I think he'll head out west. I think it's the Dodgers, the Giants, or the Padres, if I had to guess. I'd say he'll end up in Los Angeles. Uh, he wants to go somewhere, I would imagine, number one, where he can try to win a second World Series, and most importantly, number two, where he could see himself next year and the year after. Uh, to, to answer your, your first question last, though, I don't see him coming back here. I mean, th this has been an unbelievable marriage, and he's got great relationships with Mike Rizzo and the learners and everybody in the organization. But I think he views himself now as kind of a hired gun for a couple of seasons, and is it realistic that the Nats are going to be a World Series caliber team next year? No. He had a birthday yesterday. He's closing on 40 years old. I think he'd like to go to one of the best teams in the sport. Uh, Grant, I'm just trying to, to figure out how the Nationals sell this to the fan base because, I mean, I mean, they've said that everyone's available except Juan Soto, and, I mean, obviously that's a lot of guys up for grabs, and you're a couple of years removed from a World Series, and I know Anthony Rendon walked after his free agency year, but, I mean, that's got to be tough not just to hear for Juan Soto but for the fans as well. 
Well, I think it's really tough to hear for them. I think you guys are correct on that. I mean, a couple things. So, number one, here's kind of what they'll say. They have been one of, and I think it's actually the top three teams in baseball and win count over the last ten years or so in the regular season and the playoffs. I want to say it's the Yankees and maybe the Dodgers who have won more games than the Nationals. So Mike Rizzo, and he referenced this today on the air with us, he said that it's okay. There's no shame in taking a step back after a decade, essentially, of competing and being playoff caliber year in and year out. This does happen. Teams win championships, and then oftentimes immediately they don't necessarily detonate, but they reload. And the Nationals didn't do that right away per se, other than losing Rendon, but over time you're seeing that happen now over multiple seasons. So I agree with him on that. I mean, you can't stay really, really good at the major league level and have a strong system where you're just ready to constantly replenish unless you just operate with no budget, like the Dodgers who are able to do that, and most teams aren't. Um, the, the owners here, the learners, I think, run the team like a business in the same way that if you ran a coffee shop, you're not going to try to take losses all the time. So you know, it's not like the Dodgers where they're just going to throw money at problems. So that's, I think, how they sell it. They, they want to be competitive at all times. They want to extend the window as best as possible. And the smartest, best way right now to make sure they have a chance to win next year is to trade Max Scherzer for a couple of talented minor leaguers, is to trade Daniel Hudson, who's got an expiring contract, and Brad Hand, who's not going to be here next year anyway, and whoever else is on a deal that ends this season. Where you have a differentiating thought, though, is Trey Turner, and that's where it wouldn't make sense to me. Unless they got a package they just couldn't refuse, which is, for the record, what Mike Rizzo has said publicly all along, not that they're trying to trade Trey, but just that they would if someone called with a package of players that – blew them away, it would make no sense to me to trade a guy like Turner who's under team control next year and who you still have all offseason to try to sign. Anything they do with players that are just rentals for the rest of the year and a year that's lost, to me it's malpractice not to trade those guys to get something back for the future. They've got one of the worst farm systems in baseball because of all the deals they've made to stay contending and at the top of their division over the years at the major league level. Well, that brings me to my next question, which of course is what's it going to take to get Josh Harrison off of your hands? <laughs> Josh Harrison could probably be anybody's for the, you know, a phone call and the right price, which I would imagine is like a, a mid-level minor leaguer. I mean, he, I will say this incredible clubhouse guy, extremely popular with the team, but in the grand scheme of the big picture, long-term Washington nationals, he's not in the plans. So, if you're calling me and asking for Josh Harrison, I'm looking at prospects in your system I like. I'll throw three or four names at you, and we can make a deal pretty quickly. That sounds good to me. A 285 hitter that hits for a little bit of pop but gets on base at a good level, that's something the Cardinals could use. How likely do you think it is that Brad Hand and Hudson are both gone? I think they're both traded, yeah. The only pause I would have is on Brad Hand. He's had such a disaster of a week. He blew two saves in back-to-back games and his, his stuff has just not played the same this week that happening right before the deadline complicates things but I mean, look this is one of the, the best lefties statistically in the game left on left over the last five or six years and he doesn't have to go to a contender to close like you could bring him in as a specialist of sorts or as a seventh inning guy which would be a much more i would say decent spot for him than how the nats have used him here while struggling over the last couple of weeks so the only pause i have is just how he's pitched but i still think you can find a dance partner he's, he's had too good of a career for too long and he's been in too many big spots pitching in the playoffs so I, if you're asking like one to 100 chance that both get traded i would say 95 percent 
Grant, final one for you, and we appreciate your time because I know you're a busy man right now with everything going on, but I have one hockey question for you because Vladimir Tarasenko's name has been in the rumor mill a lot over these last few weeks, of course, wanting to be traded away, and he's been tied with the Washington Capitals, and I know some people have tied his name to possibly Evgeny Kuznetsov, who might need a change of scenery as well. Do you think that that could be something in the works and something that would make sense for both sides? It would make a lot of sense for the Capitals, I can tell you that. I mean, here in D.C., fans, the media, and I think a lot of people in that organization would be elated to make some type of a deal with those two involved. Look, Kuznetsov is unbelievably talented. He was the best player in the postseason for the Capitals when they won their Stanley Cup back in 18. Ovechkin was also incredible, and as something of a Lifetime Achievement Award, he was named the Conn Smythe, and, and it's a great thing that that happened for him and for the organization. But Kuznetsov was their spark plug, their best player, and the guy that helped carry them to that championship. We saw it over a several-week span. But this is a player, guys, who was once asked about, you know, when he was the best player in the month, I think he was named the first star in the NHL for a month. Someone said, hey, you really elevated your game. Like, you could win a, a hard trophy, win the MVP award. What would you think about that? And you can look this up. His answer was something along the lines of, yeah, I'm not really interested in that. Those guys have to work really hard every single day. And It was something like that. And you go, oh, my God, well, who says that? That kind of embodies what the last couple years have been like with him. There are just shifts and games where he has you banging your head against the wall. He's been in and out of the COVID protocols, and he's been in trouble for being late to meetings and all kinds of things. So I think there are a lot of people with the Caps, and I don't mean just fans and media who are way over Kuznetsov at this point, but with the team, as good as he is, who say, all right, let's try something different. Let's move on from that contract. So that is a deal that I think a lot of people around here would sign up for. And if you can get him back to being invested and and every single shift mattering and game in, game out, playing at the level that he's capable of, he's one of the most talented playmaking centers in the league. He he is an incredible hockey player. Hey, Grant, we appreciate you taking some time with us today, man. Thanks so much, and uh, all the best with what I would imagine is going to be a pretty busy next 48 hours or so for you out there in uh, in D.C. I appreciate it. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Not the kind of fun we were hoping for, but (laughs) interesting nonetheless. Peloton's best offer of the season is here. Get up to $300 off accessories when you purchase a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. Choose from a variety of accessories, like our cycling shoes, a heart rate monitor, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. If you've been looking for a sign to join Peloton, this offer gives you everything you need to get going. This limited-time offer ends November 28th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer starts November 14th and ends November 28th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. The Wendy's $3 breakfast deal is here. Get a bacon or sausage egg and Swiss croissant plus a small seasoned potatoes. That's a better breakfast for just three bucks in three easy steps. One, wake up. (sighs) Two, get out of bed. And three, head to Wendy's for your $3 breakfast deal. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's $3 breakfast deal. Limited time only. Participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. Select or request $3 breakfast deal in order to obtain discount. Not valid for all card or combos orders. Price and participation may vary in Alaska and Hawaii. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.